Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. You know, when you think about classical music, most of the time you think about something like Mozart, for example. Well, a lot of times we tend to overlook female composers, their female counterparts, right? Uh, our next guest is an Australian composer of classical music, and she's been doing this from the age of five, right? She studied piano at that age, music theory under her parents' tutelage. At eight, she began learning the cello, And then, you know, from then on, that's where she started to sort of experiment with composing. Well, on the line with me is Dr. Melody Edvech, who is Senior Lecturer in Composition, Melbourne Conservatorium of Music, University of Melbourne. Good afternoon, Dr. Melody. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Elliot. How are you? I am uh, pretty good and quite excited to be getting into this conversation with you. Let's start easy and talk about how your parents were both music teachers. Your father was a conductor. So does this mean that because you're in that musical environment from an early age, you kind of think, okay, my life's going to be like this? <laughs> Pretty much. I think it was always expected. And having been given a name Melody, a lot of people are like, well, that's quite, you know, uh, it was all set up for me <laughs> to, to become some kind of musician. But no, I had a huge impact being around musical parents. And my brother and my sister and I, we all were involved with music to some degree as our careers. So, yeah, pretty amazing. All right. Then how do you, I mean, a big part of music or art form is always about the inspiration. Uh, Dr. Melody, tell me a little bit, uh, where do you typically draw your inspiration from? I actually draw most of my inspiration from extra musical places. So not music related. It'll be, I mean, I love science topics. A lot of ancient topics as well. Um, it put it this way: if I wasn't a composer, I would be either a marine biologist or an archaeologist. So I tend to draw my inspiration from those places, which is really interesting. But literature as well. And, and both of those uh, potential career paths also involve a, a doctorate uh, at the front of it. So I think you're made for this. Wow. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another uh, source of inspiration, and, and you're a very well-traveled and cultured person naturally. Does a place, a particular location in the world give you inspiration as well? Um, I actually get a lot out of traveling. I'm, I'm very much a globe trotter, and I love airports. But for me, kind of uh, spreading myself as far as possible across the world is actually a pretty central part of who I am. And it's, it's weird that it turned out that way, because uh, Australia can seem kind of isolated, mm. but getting out into the world has been really important for me. So really, if I, wherever I go, I'm very likely to find some kind of inspiration because I'm very, very much looking forward to coming to Singapore because it's, it's quite a beautiful city. Well, I would love to have this conversation in person if you were in Singapore. We'll put that on a calendar. <laughs> but Dr. Melody, you know, you talk about music and traveling and there's not supposed to be any boundaries when it comes to music. And it's so true mm-hmm. uh, worldwide. Yet at the same time, we end up having this conversation about how it tends to be male-dominated, especially in the classical era. What are your thoughts on this? Um, my, well, as with most other female composers, we were very much aware of it. For me personally, I didn't become aware of it until much later in my career when I was doing my doctorate in America. And I was, I was quite protected from the fact that you know, the statistics show you know, one out of four composers are probably female, especially in institutions. 
So it, it took me a little while to come to terms with that. But when I did, it became more and more important to me, and especially in terms of how I can encourage younger female composers to be steadfast with their studies and, or not necessarily studies, just to believe in themselves. So that's, it's actually a really important part of my philosophy, both as a composer and as a teacher. It's amazing that we're having this conversation because just a couple of days ago, I was watching a bit about uh, of this Academy Award-nominated picture, Ta, the story about Lydia Ta. And, and you know, when you look and, and, and watch that movie, you sort of see a female composer, but if you close your eyes, wait a minute, it's all the same. What, what do you think needs to be done to change uh, this industry to... I hate to say make it more supportive of female composers when it should be, you know, just, just seen as an equal playing field. Uh, an equal playing field would be amazing. And uh, honestly, I think a lot of organisations and people, are, they're doing as much as they can. Uh, for example, the, the Toolman Foundation in America, they purely support female composers and commission them. And there's a, there's a massive program, lots of support. And that's actually what exposed me mostly to this the, the gender issue with yeah. composing. I think a lot of people are doing as much as they can, but like I, I mentioned, coming back into the younger composers in uh, secondary schools and high schools, I think beginning there and, and throwing as much support and encouragement to young female composers, because then those composers then go on to you know university and beyond. So catching them when they're young, I think, and working on supporting that area is quite important. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the most important. So that's why they say it's going to take a couple more generations. But once you instill this and in, in the mm-hmm. bound, the building blocks of a person's character development, yes. um, let's talk a little bit about University of Melbourne's culture of diversity and inclusion. Could you tell us a little bit more about your role in this? Um, I am a lecturer. So I am very much a part of um, having contact with students on a daily basis. And the fact that I'm an American-Australian coming in from America to work here at the university and to settle in Melbourne, for me, supporting the diversity and inclusion there is incredibly important. And the university itself is so supportive (laughs) of all of these areas. It's it's an incredible ecosystem that they've built. Um, And I mean, the diversity of students and cultures that we have at the university are are pretty incredible, actually, so far as I've had contact with Mm, uh, mm. in years. (laughs) It it sounds amazing. I do wonder, you know, just listening to you describe it, did you you always know you were going to end up being a teacher? Um, possibly, I think (laughs) for me. (laughs) Composition was first, and the only contact I had with teachers were were my parents. So that was sort of a, a mixed bag of, I don't want to be here, I do want to be here. And then I think when I got into my doctorate, really, I could see the power and influence you can have as a teacher on, on students that way, especially having like a really great knowledge base and being confident in yourself. And so, yeah, uh, for me, it, it very much became a reality when I was in university and I started teaching other students as well. I was like, this is really great because mm-hmm. I learned so much from the students as well as being able to teach them. So it's a great feedback loop. I find anyway. <laughs> How is it like teaching, you know, students from different parts of the world? I think we understand uh, the University of Melbourne has like what five hundred Singaporean students. Have you encountered any Singaporean students in yeah. your time? I'm sure I have. <laughs> I um, I have contact with them for about twelve weeks, okay, <laughs> and then they move on. 
but they're all, um, so far as I have had contact with them, they're strong, uh, they've got great web ethics, and they're very eager to learn. Mm. But the perfect student, really. No. But, um, yeah, I've had, I've had some really great friends who are from Singapore. Okay. Unfortunately, one of them won't actually be in Singapore when we're there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So since you mentioned it, let's talk about this concert that's happening on the 27th and 28th of September. University of Melbourne Symphony Orchestra performance here in Singapore. What are you looking forward to the most? Besides the concert itself? or <laughs> Besides the concert itself. Yes. Well, being in Singapore and uh, getting to meet and have the exchange with the other students from the conservatory there, that's going to be quite wonderful. We're doing master classes where... Wow. Our teachers teach their students and their teachers teach our students. It's quite exciting. And yeah, it's going to be a really wonderful cultural exchange. So there will be that. And there's about a million different places that I want to visit. So <laughs> depending on how much time we have. Yeah, yeah. Well, trust me, Dr. Melody, when you're here in Singapore, the only places you want to go are where all the good food is at. <laughs> okay, any recommendations? Oh, that's, uh, the list is long and glorious, trust me. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with this cultural exchange, I, I quite like it. I, I like the idea of it. Is this a platform mm-hmm. then for what you hope to see uh, in terms of the future female leadership in, you know, classical music? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, any kind of uh, exchange like this or even... Students just going out into the world. Exchanges are really valuable for that because there's sort of a, a program and a structure in the exchange. But yeah, encouraging any, well, not just female composers, but performers as well to kind of branch out and explore and, you know, kind of take on the world is incredibly important okay. um, and very informative for, for their careers, actually. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you give a young, aspiring female, you know, artist or musician? Best advice? is believe in yourself, sort of, not blindly, but unfailingly, uh, because it's, it's very tough and there are so many challenges that you will encounter. But developing a, a really thick skin is important. I did that early mm. on, so um, I got onto it quickly. Yeah. Uh, just keep going, keep studying, keep learning. There's never going to be a point where you've learned everything. And if you keep that in mind, it, will, it also keeps you uh, wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, appreciative of everything that you do encounter and it all it all makes you who you are wow very I think that's great advice even for veterans. You know, uh, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Dr. Melody, just a final question. I can't help it being a bit cheeky. What is Dr. Melody like outside classical music? Are we envisioning her to be someone who listens to hip-hop here and there? I don't know. What are you like? Tell me. <laughs> um, I actually like everything. Wow. It's, it's very difficult to find a type of music that I do not like. Yeah. So I've got too many... Spotify playlist, way too many. And sometimes I pair music to whatever activity I'm doing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I challenge you to give me a type of music I you won't know, like. I, I, I get that, right? Especially as, as a music teacher or lecturer in that sense, you, you go beyond genres, you know? It's just that, that appreciation for mm-hmm. everything in that creative process. Yes, yeah, everything contributes to um, the music. Uh, it's, it's an interesting process. Almost like osmosis, like whatever you're listening to or reading, it just you, you absorb it and then it comes out in the music. I've been speaking with Dr. Melody Edvash, who is Senior Lecturer in Composition, Melbourne Conservatorium of Music, University of Melbourne. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Melody. Take care and have a great evening. Thank you for having me. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.